Welcome to Retirement Success, the podcast that's all about helping you achieve your retirement dreams. I'm your host, Dennis Heath, and I'm here to guide you through the ins and outs of planning for a successful retirement. Retirement is something we all aspire to, but it can be a daunting prospect. How do we make sure we have enough money to retire comfortably? What should we do with our time once we retire? How can we make sure we stay healthy and happy during our so-called golden years? In this podcast series, we'll explore these questions and more with the help of leading experts in finance, health, and lifestyle. We'll talk about the financial planning tools you need to maximize your retirement savings, the best ways to stay healthy and active in retirement, and the lifestyle choices that can make all the difference for a successful retirement. So whether you're just starting to plan for retirement or you're already enjoying your golden years, retirement success has something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn everything you need to know to achieve your dream retirement. And on this episode of Retirement Success, we welcome Peter Wee, a gentleman who's spent his entire career in the insurance industry and has also recently retired. So he's ideally equipped to talk to us about the importance of insurance in retirement. Good morning, Dennis, and thank you for having me. I, like you said, I spent my entire career in insurance and banking, and I had the good fortune to work in many different countries. I've worked in New York and Philadelphia, spent a bit of time in uh, London, Hong Kong, Indonesia, and I did a lot of travel extensively across the region in the course of my career. So I, I do think I have a pretty good perception of things to do for where insurance is concerned. And I'll try and keep things that I say in a very layman fashion. Don't get technical with us. Okay, I, I'll try not to. And as we head for retirement, mm -hmm. what are the key insurance policies that we should concern ourselves with? It's a fact of life that as we get older, our health will eventually decline. And that's not saying you don't take care of yourself. It's just a fact that we're declining with age. And associated with a decline in health comes potentially big expenses for health care. Now, I've come across a report in Singapore that says 50% of those above 65 will become severely disabled in their lifetime. Unfortunately, 30% of those will remain disabled for 10 years or more. So, wow, that's a big number. It is. It's quite scary because what it also means is that your healthcare expense could be a lot higher than what most people anticipate. And even though you have money put aside for retirement, you really never know what lies ahead in terms of healthcare costs. Now, when we are working, um, it's very common that your employer will provide healthcare benefits that will cater to most of your needs, meaning that you get coverage for outpatient treatment, coverage for surgery and hospitalization if necessary, and in cases of critical illnesses, which means um, terminal diseases like potentially a stroke or heart attack, there would be benefits either for your recovery or benefits to take care of you in case things don't work out very well mm. or to take, to take care of your family. But um, what happens is if you are lucky, your organization or the company you work for will still allow you some of those healthcare benefits to carry on after retirement. But most companies don't provide that sort of post-retirement benefits, and you could potentially be left without insurance coverage for healthcare. Hmm. Well, of course, when we're employed, we take all of those employment benefits for granted, including 
things like health insurance, mm -hmm. unless you're a freelancer, of course, in which case you're paying for all of those things yourself anyway. Mm -hmm. So you would just keep the health insurance payments going. But if you're employed and then you retire one day, suddenly all of those benefits are, well, basically the rug is pulled from underneath you and it comes as quite a shock. Correct. Um, it also depends where you live in the world. Now, some countries may provide you a safety net and you will you are provided affordable health care for its citizens, okay? Now, some countries may only provide a rudimentary cover, then that makes it quite necessary to buy private insurance so you can get better health care service. If you're living in one of those countries, then it's very necessary to think about how you're going to afford future health care expenses uh, and then determine if, you know, what sort of insurance coverage you need, you know, some people in certain countries where government provides good health care, fine. Um, it may not be so important to get private health care insurance. But like I said, once you stop work and you don't get any more benefits from your employer, and if health care is really privatized in your country, then you need to consider insurance coverage. And even when you do have state cover like the NHS in the UK, which is a wonderful organization. Mm -hmm. However, you may have to wait two years or more for a hip or a knee operation. So insurance can help shorten the waiting time, providing, of course, you can afford the premiums for this uh, top-up private healthcare insurance. Unfortunately, there's a price for everything you do. Um, even if the government does provide healthcare services, there could be downsides to, like you said, a long waiting list, uh, availability of doctors and expertise to treat your condition. In cases like that, you know, you need to think what's the potential or what's the best alternative, if there's any. It always comes down to a price, all right? Insurance in most countries are going to be available, but at what price are you willing to pay? And bear in mind, as you get older, insurance cost tends to increase as well. Yes, I can attest to that. Premiums tend to become more expensive, and not only that, there can be a whole bunch of exclusions that are coupled to that higher premium as well. Not forgetting also that most insurance companies will have a cut-off age beyond which they won't entertain covering you. That's correct. It is a pretty much an open market. Some insurance companies um, will let you enroll at a later age, but of course, they also make it more expensive. The way insurance companies work is they try and think in terms of the masses. What is the percentage of the population that will benefit most? And unfortunately, there's always going to be a small percentage that do not fit into their model. And, you know, they are pretty much left out or it's quite expensive for them to get the proper insurance. Now, we, we'll get, I'll, I'll talk to you later on about when you should start looking for insurance. If you are planning retirement or if you're already retired, it might be a bit too late, but there may be some okay. some uh, affordable alternative. But right now, uh, I'd like to talk about uh, what are the main types of insurance that okay. you should be getting if you're a retiree or planning to retire. The first thing you should consider is hospitalization and surgery, also known as HNS. All right. Now, and that's different from a health policy, is it? 
Now, okay, these terms are used uh, quite liberally when they say healthcare. It could mean a spectrum of different types of care. Mm. You know, healthcare could mean out, outpatient treatment. It could mean hospitalization. It could mean medicines, uh, physiotherapies. Um, they could also have nursing care as well as dental. So the word healthcare encompasses anything that concerns um, your well-being. Mm-hmm. Now, the the most important one, if you're going into retirement, is hospitalization because that's probably going to be the most expensive of all or most of the healthcare services that you would need. And then how much hospitalization cover is also going to be dependent on what sort of room you want to have in a hospital. Could you go for a one-bed private ward? That's probably going to be very costly. Um, or could you go to a two-bedder or a four-bedder or eight-bedder or a common ward? You know, So mm-hmm. there would be a wide price difference in terms of what the hospitalization cost is going to be. And you can imagine that premiums that someone is expected to pay is going to be directly related to that hospitalization bid costs. Now, with hospitalization costs, there's also surgery costs or healthcare costs. Let me rephrase that. Surgery costs are medical costs. Your doctor visits, your surgery, your post-surgery treatment, you know, the, the medicines that you have, the tests that they give you, all that will be covered under surgery costs. And again, every time you buy an insurance policy, there's always limits, uh, meaning that the maximum that um, your policy would cover you for different types of treatments, different types of medicines, different types of uh, tests that you're subject to. So there will be limits, the maximum that the insurance company will pay. And with those limits, another thing you should look out for is when you buy a policy, are there deductibles, also known as excess, which means that this would be the first amount of the bill that you are responsible for. Right. For example, if your hospital bill is $10,000, for example, and your deductible or excess is 10%, you're responsible to pay for the first 10% of that $10,000. Right. So you are potentially out of pocket for $1,000. Besides a deductible, there's also something called co-insurance. Okay. Or co-payment. So let's go back to the example of $10,000. And let me change the deductible to 5%. So... The bill of $10,000, you are now responsible for paying the first $500. That's the deductible. And you're also responsible for paying 20% of the bill, which means that you are now out of pocket $2,000 plus $500. Mm. Now, the reason why they are coinsurance and they are deductibles is to ensure that you, as the policy owner do not make claims previously so you're actually going for the type of treatment that is necessary and we've seen the trend in the industry is encouraging insurance companies to have deductibles as well as co-insurance and this helps to keep the overall premiums affordable as well so the purpose is really to stop people heading for 
A&E as soon as they've got something minor like a fractured toenail. That's correct. Exactly. It's to prevent um, abuse. Now, the whole idea of insurance is, is to benefit everyone. Okay, you pay a premium so that based on the actual calculations, uh, it determines the percentage of the population that will need payment for certain treatments. So everybody pays a premium, and if there's abuse, which means there's higher payout and everybody pays more. Mm -hmm. So what this has done is to minimize the premiums that every member would have to pay. Okay, so thinking about premiums for a moment, are premiums negotiable or is it take it or leave it from the insurance company? More often than not, it is not negotiable. It is a determined price um, that the insurance company has calculated. Okay, the premium involves a few things. It provides the insurance coverage for you. It provides the management expenses of running the insurance company, as well as putting together the product, as well as the distribution cost that it has to pay to either an agent or a distribution channel. So typically, the premium is quite fixed. The time the premium actually varies is when a patient or a potential insured is deemed to be substandard. That means he's not an average person. He has some condition which makes him a lower risk, or sorry, a higher risk than average. So that person is charged a higher premium. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. So yes, insurance premiums are seldom negotiable. In fact, uh, they tend to be higher when a person is considered substandard. In cases like that, the person that's substandard could either try and prove that he shouldn't be a substandard by going for further tests, potentially at his own expense, or he has to try and prove that he's not a higher than normal risk for the insurance company to reduce the premiums for him. So that's virtually the only time the insurance premium is negotiable. And there may be exclusions. If somebody had a history of heart problems, then the policy may exclude anything to do with the cardiovascular system. That's correct. Hmm. That is correct. If you're deemed to be a higher risk in certain conditions or certain illnesses, you would find that the insurance company may choose to exclude that condition from coverage, as you rightly put. Mm. Um, then it's again up to the potential customer to prove that he is not a substandard risk. And again, by either going for further tests or perhaps trying to show that he has done something about it and depending on how long it has been, he may have a case. But it depends on the underwriter of the insurance policy to determine whether he is a good risk or not. Well, I'd hate to be considered substandard. It's, uh, <laughs> it's almost dehumanizing. Unfortunately, um, very often insurance is quite misunderstood um, and it can be a bit sensitive. And for most people, especially at a point of claim, it can be quite an emotional experience as well. It's not really a very easy industry to work in, and in particular when claims are made. But it is what it is and it serves a highly necessary social uh, purpose. Sure. And generally, the population has benefited from insurance cover. Well, we've talked about health insurance and 
that we need to think about it early on in life because when we're younger, we tend to think that not that we're immortal, but in our younger years, we may be fit and healthy, even athletic. And it's hard to think that when you're older, you may suffer from things like arthritis because, well, arthritis happens to old people. It's not going to happen to me. And then you wake up one morning with some aches and pains and lo and behold, you have arthritis. And it's inevitable, particularly once you get over 60, that wear and tear starts to show. So that health insurance is very critical as part of your retirement needs. And what are some of the other, perhaps not vital, but desirable insurances that you might want to think about as you approach retiring age? Okay. I talked about hospitalization and surgical. There's also another type of policy called long-term care. Hmm. Now, long-term care is to help you uh, or to pay for someone to provide care for you in times when you become disabled. Now, there's something called the um, activity of daily living, activities of daily living, ADL. Typically, it means the activities of daily living it would be feeding yourself, dressing yourself, using the toilet, being able to walk or move on your own, transferring, meaning moving yourself from the bed to a chair or to a table. Mm -hmm. Two or three of these daily activities um, are not being able to be performed by the policy owner, the customer. So that would be considered a disability. And then the long-term care policy kicks in. Typically, it pays you a benefit every month. It could be, depending on what cover you buy, it could pay you $100, $200, $500,000. It all depends on um, the premium that you pay. And depending on the terms of the policy, you could be paid that for life. You could be paid that for 10 years, 20 years. Again, it all depends on the policy you have and how much you paid for it. To a lot of people that are not very well already, this sort of policy may be very helpful. But like in most insurance policies of this nature, pre-existing conditions are excluded. Mm. Yeah. We go into the point, when should you be looking for this insurance? As, as mentioned earlier, you typically have insurance coverage when you're employed unless you're a freelancer. So is buying insurance, health insurance, necessary while you're still healthy and while you're still employed, that depends on the individual. Uh, my recommendation is yes, it should be considered mm. because once you get a condition, mm -hmm. it may affect the insurance cover that you would be allowed to buy in the future. So get insurance while you're still insurable. And my recommendation is get insurance while you're still working because once you stop working, your company benefits may cease, if that's the case, and also buy insurance while you're still healthy rather than try to buy it when you are not healthy and you become a substandard mm, right? Yeah. or you get declined altogether. Okay, So that, again, is something to consider before you retire. Earlier, the better, basically. If you are retired already, and you had some condition in the past, right? And which makes it very difficult or very expensive for you to buy medical insurance, healthcare insurance. The alternative for you is to consider buying a 
accident plan. Accident plans tend to be more flexible in coverage, less restrictive in providing coverage for your condition. But the only time you're allowed to make a claim is when you get into an accident. So if you fall ill, not because of an accident, chances are you'll not get paid for your condition. But if you fall or you get into an accident, or in some cases, you catch an infectious disease, uh, some accident policies do cover that. You will be paid either for your hospitalization or you get mm. uh, a daily rate for each day you're in hospital or you get paid for a disability. So it all depends on what sort of coverage you buy. But accident policies tend to be, like I said, tend to be easier for retirees to purchase. And it's not as expensive as uh, medical policies. So the key here seems to be if you start to feel ill, make sure you jump out of the window and end up at A&E before making a claim on your personal accident policy. I think it'll be wiser for me not to comment on that. Well, it's not recommended, but the, the point is the cost of your injury or your ailment has to be deemed caused by an accident. But like I also said, in some policies, they consider getting an infectious disease as part of the coverage as well. So it seems like the number one insurance policy we need to think about as we approach retirement age is a health policy to cover hospitalization, surgery, maybe even outpatient treatment if we can afford the premiums. And of course, then you've got the other general insurances like property, uh, house contents, uh, car if we're driving, all of these other things that we need to insure to avoid any financial disasters. And what are some of the other policies we might want to think about as we approach retirement, as well as health? So what are those policies that are perhaps not essential, but desirable? Again, it depends on what your needs are and your level of understanding of what you want to buy, or what you think your needs are. The, the problem is, uh, very often it's a case of you don't know what to ask. So you don't know really what your needs are. And you, if, that, if you're in that situation, you might want to get professional advice. Now, before I go into professional advice, let me talk about buying online. Typically, the products you buy online are less complicated. It's uh, made as easy as possible so that the prospect, potential customer, uh, would find it easy to understand um, and would find it rather affordable. But being a simple product that tends to be less cover, it may not include everything that you are looking for, but it's cheaper. Now, if you feel that um, you need to have a more comprehensive cover, mm -hmm. which means a little bit more complicated than what you can find online, you could either go to your bank or you could seek a financial planner or an insurance agent that is very well versed in the types of policies that's available in the marketplace. Because there's so many insurance agents around and so many bankers around, you may want to seek a referral from family member or a reliable friend because it's very important that you get an agent or a banker that's able to understand your needs and provide you with the appropriate advice. I'm not saying that 
most insurance agents don't provide good advice, but as in any distribution environment, you do find people that are just trying to make a quick sale. Now, fortunately, the industry has gotten better over the years. We do find a lot of very good and professional insurance agents, mm. and it would be good if you find one with a proven track record. With getting professional advice and more complicated or comprehensive plans, you can expect your insurance premiums to be a little bit higher than what you would find online. But I think common sense approach is you get what you pay for. Unless you have a very good view and understanding of your needs and you can find it online, you may, want, you may be better off going to a reliable insurance agent. In your experience, what are some of the common mistakes that people make when buying insurance, whether it's online or via some other method? I think people don't do their homework sometimes. Uh, like, like I said earlier, you know, you don't know what to ask. Um, it's, it's something that you have to think through. And when people buy insurance, it's not unusual. Okay, these days it's getting less and less common, but it still happens that people don't know what they are buying or they are unaware of exactly what coverages they have. And they may think that it covers a lot more than what they bought. Mm. And they fool themselves, or rather they try to buy the cheapest possible. You know, everybody wants value for money because there's so many different policies available in the market, different coverages. It's important that you understand what you're buying. So um, that's the common mistake. People don't understand what they are buying. I think it's also very important that when you're approaching retirement or you're already retired, when you try and buy insurance, you need to bear in mind what is your eligibility, okay? You mentioned earlier, sometimes you can't buy insurance if you're beyond a certain age. More often than not, most insurance companies for retirees would not sell you insurance once you're 60 or 65, depending on the insurance company. Mm. And they may provide coverage until you reach a certain age, like 75 or 80. So that's something to bear in mind. What is the eligibility that you have? It differs from company to company. And then you need to understand what does it exactly cover you for? People tend to forget, what about the deductibles and coinsurance? Because buying an insurance policy may not necessarily mean that you have no out-of-pocket expenses. Okay, so that's something to bear in mind. And the other point uh, I like to make is most healthcare insurance, including long-term care, the premium does increase as you get older. Mm. Okay, so people need to be aware of that. You may be paying $100 today, but in two years' time, because you move into a different age band, your premium may rise. Right. So when you buy an insurance policy, you know, you should consider these various factors. And the key lesson that I picked up from today is think early about insurance and especially health insurance. And before you buy, make sure you read the small print to see exactly what's covered. Hospitalization, surgery, outpatients, whatever it is, make sure that you're getting what you paid for. Because no matter how healthy you think you are, as we age, wear and tear takes its toll and surprises happen. So thank you, Peter, for all of that excellent advice, and I hope it's equipped our listeners to better understand insurance in retirement and what's important and what to look for. 
Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me, Dennis. And if any questions come up from the listeners, would you come back on the show again? Yeah, um, I'd like to help wherever I can. Thanks again, Peter, for being with us on the show today. I and the listeners very much appreciate your time. Bye for now. Okay, have a good day. Bye. That's all for this episode of Retirement Success. Thank you for joining, and I hope you found the information and insights helpful in your retirement planning journey. If you have a topic you'd like covered in a podcast, drop me an email at retirementsuccess60 at gmail.com. That's retirementsuccess, all one word, numbers 60 at gmail.com. And I'll look for an expert to interview on your topic of interest. In the meantime, keep learning, keep exploring, keep dreaming big, and may the force be with you. Until the next episode of Retirement Success. <laughs>